Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Hey, everyone. Guess what's going off in my next door neighbor's yard? It's a leaf blower. But this time it's on the other side, oddly. It's been the one side that it's like, what is this? I mean, I guess it's spring, but I mean, I don't know about you guys. I have nothing left to blow in the backyard, but uh, yeah. Leaf blower seems like a misnomer being that there's no leaves in May. Exactly. Except on the ones that are coming out on the tree. I don't know. On the tree. I just think that, I think that these people just, they must be under contract to do something. Well, I've got a note. I've still got some, some old leaves in my backyard, but. That's so can I give these leaf blower guys your address and I'll send sure. them over to you? Send them right over. I could use the help. I yeah. mean, you're in the town of East Hampton, so there's going to be restrictions, right? Yes, they're banned starting uh, next week, I think. Ooh. I think it's the 20th. Yeah, no, no, uh, no gas-powered leaf blowers between, I think it was May 20th. It might have even been May 15th. Maybe you should call the code enforcement. Mike, you're going to have to take your keys out of your ignition so we don't have to hear beeping. I can't take the key. The keys are out of the no, ignition. They're right shut the door. Your door. I hate cars <laughs> that don't have keys. I just got to close my door, but it's hot as hell. And you're going to start sweating. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to call code enforcement and get them in trouble. Brenda, this is this is the house. This is the house next door that was in our recorded deeds this week for just sold for two point two six. And they have, and they're living next door to me. Wow. I mean, seriously. Wow. Our neighbor wants five seventy five for their house, and if they get five seventy five for their house, sell. Uh, I'm. <laughs> it's crazy. We just had two more houses on our street sell, for it was like one point six. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. one point eight. I mean, these are houses that were selling for seven hundred just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Man. Your street's a rare one because of the big properties. Yeah. It's also nice it doesn't go through. Right. No through traffic. I seriously love my street. And that's the problem because, like, I'll never want to sell, even though it would probably be the financially smart thing to do. Where are you going to move to? This is true. Exactly. So this the subject of of soaring real estate values and um, traffic are kind of what we're talking about today because we're going to talk about the East Hampton Airport, which is one of those stories that never goes away. So there's been some interesting developments and that's what we're gonna bring up. But first we're gonna tell you who we are. Uh, We do have with us, Bill Sutton, as usual. Bill's here every week, Bill's very loyal. Hey, Bill. Hi, Annette, I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And we have Brendan O'Reilly with us again. Hey, Brendan, how you doing? Hey, Annette, I'm Brendan. I'm the features editor. And Catherine G. Manu, Georgie's back. Haven't seen you in a while. Hey, George. (laughs) Hey, yeah, I missed you. I've been working on our various magazines and special sections, and it's been a lot of fun, but I've definitely missed being on the podcast, so it's great to be back. I am Catherine Manu, sometimes known as Georgie, and I am the publisher of the Express News Group. Uh, and I'm Annette Hinkle, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And joining us this week is Michael Wright, and Michael Wright is a senior reporter with the Express News Group, and he's also pretty keyed into the aviation world out here. Oh, Mike, have you been covering the airport for years? 
Uh, yeah, well, since at least 2015, yes. Which, which was right when I, you know, I missed the whole hullabaloo in 2014 when the town had their, their big meetings and the debate about curfews and, and trying to restrict traffic at the airport. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I came on, I came back to cover East Hampton right as those curfews uh, took effect for the first time. So yeah, we saw the whole, uh, the whole evolution there, which has been uh, long and circuitous. And uh, they introduced a, a whole new wrinkle uh, just this uh, past week, uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, caught a lot of people uh, off guard that the town had, had done, uh, the town's attorneys uh, had done this economic study that everybody's been saying needed to be done for so long and, uh, and, and talked about how much the airport, uh, you know, impacts the East Hampton economy and then introduced some, uh, some very interesting possibilities for uh, the future treatment of the airport by the, uh, by the town that um, uh, will certainly probably have a lot of, uh, a lot of aviation folks up in arms and has, uh, you know, a lot of the anti-airport uh, anti noise-affected community, as they uh, are commonly called. Um, some, some of them are, are uh, encouraged by, by this new uh, consideration, and a lot of them will not be happy with it because it still doesn't go far enough. Right. So no one's going to be happy, basically. So basically, the, you know, in a nutshell, for people that aren't familiar with the East Hampton Airport situation, it's just been a matter of, um, you know, this is an airport that started out is very much a local fixed wing aircraft, small plane pilots coming in and out, very local. And over the years, it's just grown into a more convenient way to get out here from New York City and parts west. And the big issue is the noise factor, especially I think in the recent years from the, the helicopters, like as, as annoying as planes and jets can be, there's nothing like a, a helicopter flopping overhead um, at a very low al altitude. And that seems to be the thing that's been really driving people crazy on the approach, especially you're talking like Noyak and Sag Harbor, those people have just said they've been inundated with it. So there's been this long um, effort to close the airport for years. And um, and I know that there's some confusion over the, the FAA money. That was always the thing that people were saying is that people who, um, you know, that because the airport took money from the federal government, they weren't able to enact some of the legislation or the restrictions that would maybe get rid of some of that noise. Is that kind of the way to count that? Well, one thing I just want to clarify really quick is that for a long time, the movement wasn't to close the airport. You know, for a long time, the movement was how do we regulate this tiny municipal airport um, on town owned land um, and prevent it from, you know, basically kind of operating almost like JFK in the summer. How do we reduce noise? Um, for a long time, it was how do we reduce helicopter trips, the helicopters being the loudest coming in and out of the airport. So at first, I feel like the conversation really was, can we, you know, have curfews? Can we restrict aircraft that are really loud or at least reduce their numbers in and out? Um, so that we can have quality of life, not just in the town of East Hampton and for those property owners in and around the airport, but like you said, in Noyak, Sag Harbor, the North Fork, all of these places were impacted. And then unfortunately, 
after the town did enact restrictions and curfews that appeared to actually have a positive impact that was struck down in court. And that's really when the conversation started to be, okay, well, if we can't restrict this, maybe we do need to start talking about closing it. Am I right, Mike? Yep, and that, that's true, you know, for, for uh, a long, long time, um, the, the conversation was always among the uh, residents that lived in the neighborhoods around the, around the airport, and they were bothered by noise and wanted to see uh, you know, noise abatement measures that basically redirected aircraft uh, over non-populated areas, less populated areas. Um, and, you know, that has evolved with the explosion of helicopters, you know, and that said that the airport's grown. The airport really hasn't grown all that much in the total number of flights in the last 10 or 15 years. We still have never reached the, the most flights, operations, they call them, uh, each operation being a landing and a takeoff at the airport. Um, the all-time high was, was many years ago, but that was mostly uh, just small single plane, single engine planes owned by private hobbyist uh, pilots. And that isn't the case uh, anymore. The, the um, real problem has been the number of helicopters uh, that come in and out with the charter um, for hire charter commuter flights, which uh, really, you know, started in about 2005, six, seven, and then uh, waned for a while during the during the Great Recession. And then starting in about 2012, 13, 14, something like that has really taken off. Uh, obviously, last summer, there was basically zero of it. But up until then, it had just been uh, expanding exponentially as companies like Blade and a couple of others had gotten the price of a ticket from New York City out here down to about 700, 750 bucks, which to a lot of people seems like an enormous amount of money, but to a lot of people isn't really an enormous amount of money to be able to fly out. So uh, especially as the traffic has gotten so much worse. And so yes, there's there's been a, a growing movement that you need to get rid of the helicopters first and foremost, which is sort of the moderate side of things and kind of where the town board is but there's a you know there's a, a a substantial number of people now who have basically just given up and then say that the airport should be done away with completely uh no matter what and the noise isn't even the problem anymore it's air pollution uh it's the the danger that uh, aircraft pose flying over people's houses uh, exhaust you know all of that and so um, the main close the airport group doesn't even really talk about noise anymore. They talk about the pollution and the benefits that having that 600 acre property um, cleared and available for other uses, environmental housing, that sort of thing uh, presents. And so, you know, that's that that is that is a, a side of the conversation that that the town hasn't really taken up. They are doing some alternative use studies for the property, but. This week, they, um, their attorney um, presented an idea that if the town were to close the airport officially, which, you know, yes, they'll be able to do uh, as of September 21st, I believe, um, because those grant assurances, the last time they took a grant from the FAA was 20 years ago. And once those expire, they're not going to be able to impose any new rules, but they will be able to just say, we don't want to have an airport anymore and close it. Uh, so the attorney told them that if they decided to close the airport 
for a measurable amount of time. And he didn't say how long that would be if it's a day or two weeks or six months, uh, that they then would be able to say, okay, now we're going to open an airport. And it would just be like if they were creating a new airport. And in order to do that, they would be able to go to the FAA and say, we're going to open this airport, but it's only going to have these planes are allowed to use it, or these helicopters, and it can only be used under these circumstances. And so basically, it would be an end run around the whole court fight that they went through, which was basically saying that a municipality cannot um, limit the type of aircraft or when aircraft come in and out, uh, because that would pose too much of a problem nationwide if every little community decided to have individual rules and, and the FAA really wants uh, smooth uh, uh, transiting of aircraft from airport to airport around the country. And so, so there's this new possibility that uh, the town, if uh, they decided to just close the airport for a short amount of time and then reopen it, could say, all right, you know, you private pilots with your Cessnas and you know those of you that own uh, own your own private jet uh, you can use the airport just like you always used to but no commercial operations may use this airport which would do away with blade and you know you'd probably get into a huge legal uh, uh, back and forth about what constitutes a commercial operation because there's you know there's companies like NetJets that uh, you know, it, it's like a shared ownership of a, of a plane. Is that a commercial operation? It's going to introduce a, a whole lot more uh, debate on on different levels. And they probably can't just say like no helicopters. Like that's probably not a legal way. To well, it might be. It, it I mean, you know, the attorney. It's it's sort of untested waters. Uh, West Maui um, or Kapala, uh, Nepali Airport, Kapalua Airport in Maui um, apparently used this tactic uh, a long time ago. Uh, I mean, they have like actual commercial flights in and out of that, but but they limited the number and, and that sort of thing by by doing this. And he alluded to a couple other airports that have done it. Um, but yeah, he said that basically. I mean, he gave the impression that essentially if the town did this and had this runway and said, okay, we're going to open an airport now, they can say anything is, is what it sounded like to him. I'm sure that there will be plenty of lawyers from uh, aviation groups that will, that will say otherwise. Do you think if they closed the airport though, that uh, do you think it would ever reopen? I mean, but then you've got all these, these anti-airport groups and their attorneys and, you know, and, and, you know, influence and money coming in and, trying to prevent them from opening with these new rules. I, I mean, that, that certainly is a, um, you know, something that, that some people will uh, say is, is possible. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of testing of the political waters and public sentiment before any of this goes on. Uh, we're having an election, obviously, in East Hampton Town in November. And I would imagine that it's going to be an issue there, although I haven't really heard a lot of grumblings uh, along those lines. You know, several years ago, we had an election where um, the helicopter, charter helicopter companies threw 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars behind one slate of candidates um, trying to uh, uh, play on the fears that the that the other slate of candidates were going to close the airport. Uh, and they it did absolutely nothing. They lost an, an enormous landslide despite the uh, despite the spending. Um, and so, you know, no, we haven't really found a way to uh, to make the sentiments in the public about the airport um, to measure it, you know, it, make it a, a real campaign issue. Um, you know, it, we'll, we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. I, I don't think that most people want the airport to close frankly yeah i think especially the people in montauk is like you what you're saying in your article it's like they have a very small airport almost like an airfield out there and i think those people are very very afraid that should east hampton close for even a little bit of time that a lot of the traffic that normally goes into east hampton is going to get shifted to montauk um further east now whether that's accurate you know who knows because you now have a further ride to come back to east hampton or south hampton if that's where you're actually ended uh, going, but or Gabraski and in, in West Hampton, and you, you better believe those people will get up in arms too if it looks like you know. I mean, they're already complaining about the the current noise there. If you're going to add more flights coming in and out of Gabraski, then then I think those neighbors will make themselves heard. And plus, the the Montauk Airport can't really handle a, a, a too big a jets either. It's a much shorter runway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, certainly if if East Hampton Airport closed for good, there would be a certain amount of traffic that would shift to Montauk. Um, you know, the charter helicopter flights, th that's possible. I mean, you've seen a little bit of that already. And, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, you know, Montauk's been the coolest place for the last 10 years. And it's not like, you know, if, if there was if there was a huge demand for people to, to go to Montauk, by flights, you'd see lots of that. You know, you get a couple of seaplanes land in Fort Pond Bay, uh, and a few helicopters are going to Montauk Airport. Uh, some of that would go out there. That that would that would be a, you know, a very different situation. And um, what a lot of people have said is that the charter helicopter groups will find some other alternatives. You know, there's the there's the floating helipads idea in, uh, in you know, off Sag Harbor. Um, you know, there, there's there's lots of there's lots of ideas. Do they have to get permits to do a, a helipad like that, or? Well, yeah, you know, it wouldn't be permanent. Certainly, there would be a lot of legal uh, jousting there. But um, from some reporting that I did on that uh, for a story that I was planning to run on like March 20th last year, I don't know, something happened that that story never ran. Um, there, there was, um, you know, there's there's it seems that there wouldn't be any rules that would stop that, it, it, you know, in state waters off of Sag Harbor. Um, I, I always said that I think logistics would make that difficult because, you know, a floating helipad in the bay and you know, on a windy summer afternoon is not the place that, uh, you know, the helicopter from the city crowd want to disembark onto a, onto a rocking, floating helipad and then get onto a boat to be <laughs> brought into into sag harbor and uh you know their manolo blonics <laughs> soaked in salt water so there were those those seaplanes i remember those seaplanes landing yep. right off haven's beach a number of years ago it was crazy how how close they would come to shore even on their on their landing and um I, they don't do that anymore though do they was that considered illegal do i know? don't know it's i mean it's not 
illegal to land in that stretch of water. Um, I have a feeling that Sag Harbor probably doesn't allow it within like a thousand feet of shore in town waters, um, but uh, it is not illegal in state waters. Um, you are allowed to land a seaplane uh, safely. East Hampton Town is trying to uh, ban that. Uh, I don't think that they've adopted that. I can't remember, but uh, there was a, there were a lot of objections to that. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, th that's all, that's a whole other debate is, is, you know, where the options are and that. And, and if the airport closes, it will get tested. You can be sure of that because there's a lot of money uh, on the line. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com talked about it initially the um, the study that that the town just released which conclusions were a little bit different from a study released earlier by the pilots groups which had claimed the, an enormous amount of money put into the economy through the airport the town study didn't quite back that up although it did say that that there was a lot of money um, you know that came in from people coming to East Hampton through the airport correct yeah, and, th and these are, you know, these are kind of odd economist studies. Um, you know, does it show the actual impact of the airport? Is is hard to say. But yeah, they both they both did studies. They use different numbers. Um, you know, the, the the aviation group estimated that something like forty thousand people uh, come to the Hamptons through the airport. And that's not forty thousand people, but it's forty thousand passengers disembark from aircraft at that airport each summer. And then they estimate how much uh, those people spend when they're here. And using that, they extrapolate, you know, what the total uh, economic impact, how many jobs that represents. And yeah, you know, the, 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 air, the aviation group said it was like 77 million. The town's consultants said it might have been up to 26 million and 180 jobs or 280 jobs. Um, you know, those those things are, are very, you know, they're kind of wonkish and they're things that people on both sides are going to use to say, you know, to support their own points. I, I, th I think the, uh, the, the, the real nuts and bolts of it is that there's a, a couple of town board members that are that are much more on the side of, of restricting the airport as much as humanly possible. But none of them have said that the airport should be closed. And, um, you know, the, the real interest on the town board's uh, side right now is reducing the impact uh, noise and, you know, I guess air pollution. And, and they're, they've said that what needs to happen is there needs to be fewer helicopter flights uh, and, and a cap on flights uh, overall. And, you know, because the seaplanes have become such a such a big part of uh, part of the charter business. Seaplanes are a little louder than than other aircraft uh, other than the helicopters. But really, the helicopters are the main issue. And I think that if um, I think that if they can get rid of the helicopters, there would be uh, certainly right now, there would not be a lot of political support for a permanent closure of the airport. 
but the, but the temporary closure, you know, we'll, we'll see what that, what that actually means. And that I think is, is probably a reality. I mean, all the way back to, to Larry Cantwell, uh, he had been talking about that uh, as a possibility. So are the helicopters that are coming into East Hampton, are they all huge? Are they normal size? Are they small? And the reason I ask is because Meadow Lane has a helipad. That's in Southampton Village. Southampton Village has had its own issues with neighbors upset about the noise. And it can only accommodate so big or the village only allows them to be so big. I remember them having a debate over the weight limit. And at one point they had a reason to raise the weight limit because heavier helicopters had gotten quieter. So are we just going to be sending all those helicopters to Meadow Lane, all those visitors in, are going to spend their money in Southampton instead of East Hampton? People in East Hampton will sell their houses and buy one in Southampton because it's closer to a helipad. Uh, that that certainly is very possible um, to to a certain extent. Uh, you know the 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 private the private helicopter crowd. You know those really large, really loud helicopters. Um, they're all privately owned, and um, you know Randy Lerner used to have one, and there were always lots of complaints when he owned the Cleveland Browns, and he would fly in late on Sunday nights, Monday nights after having been at a Cleveland uh, Browns football game and would come back to his house in East Hampton in the middle of the night in his giant Sikorsky helicopter. Uh, right now, apparently Ira Rennert has the biggest helicopter at the airport and uh, also tends to not obey the voluntary curfews that are always in place at that airport. And, you know, there's, there's a whole mix. The charter, the charter choppers are, are mostly those smaller bells which are not the quietest helicopters, but they're not the loudest either. And, uh, you know, they're all loud. <laughs> That's the other thing. Anything that anything the town tries to do there, you know, you're going to have these deep pocketed millionaires, billionaires who are going to sue them no matter what their decision ends up being, right? Yeah. Totally banning helicopters would be a hornet's nest. Uh, banning the charter helicopters, which are what really drove this whole thing with, you know, thousands and thousands of additional helicopter flights, you know, hundreds of flights on a Friday afternoon, hundreds of flights on a Monday morning. Um, that really is what set off this, this whole thing. Um, if you got rid of those, you know, there's, you kind of would go back. Maybe you're never going to be able to go back to what it was because, you know, once people have been so shell-shocked by this, they're going to be hypersensitized forever. But, um, you know, if you got rid of those charter flights, um, there, there's certainly a certain crowd that would say, well, you know, it's, it's just what it was 20 years ago when you weren't complaining about it. So, you know, it's, it's, there, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, debate to be had um, about how exactly, what exactly uh, is the level that is good enough. And also like post pandemic, there's a lot of people that don't want to get back on public transportation, you know, so in a way that the demand is probably going to be higher than ever this summer, because people just don't want to get on the Long Island Railroad and um, the Jitney as much, you know, even with the pandemic waning. Yeah, I mean, we are still talking about flying in a helicopter from <laughs> from Manhattan. Right. It's a, it hasn't gotten any cheaper. <laughs> there, there have been a, a lot of efforts to control the routes that those helicopters take over the years, and it doesn't feel like any of those 
solutions have either have have been effective at all or or been um been been stuck to by the helicopter companies right i mean they they just kind of they say they're going to take one route and, and kind of go another route right i mean they try to go over the they promoting over the water routes but but those no matter which route you take it's gonna it's gonna be a noise problem for somebody right yeah they're difficult i mean l- listen first of all it's a landlocked airport so no matter what route you take there's a certain population of people that live are going to have to be flown over. Um, there are, you know, in 2020, everything was a, was a lot quieter because there were so few, much fewer flights. But they introduced this new route that brought helicopters up the South Shore, over Shinnecock Inlet, over the Shinnecock Canal, up the Peconics, and then in that way. But it did take them over new areas of Hampton Bays and areas of Noyak that hadn't really been seeing a lot of traffic um, in recent years because most helicopters were flying up the North Shore and then cutting across the North Fork. And so this new route was meant, you know, the North Fork had actually become the loudest, uh, you know, the squeakiest wheel in the anti-East Hampton Airport debate. And they had been, uh, you know, on Chuck Schumer and Lee Zeldin's case a lot. And so that's, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's where the, that's where the, and again, these are voluntary routes. There's no mandatory anything. Um, you know, the, the helicopter and, uh, and, and small plane pilots associations created this new route and said, stop flying over the North Fork. You're going to get us in trouble. And so they did uh, to a large extent, not, not completely, but to a large extent. And uh, you've heard a lot less from the North Fork uh, in the last year, but you started hearing from a, a big group of people in Noyak and Northern Sag Harbor that are saying, whoa, this is crazy. And that was not even in a, in a busy year. And so, you know, there's, there's another, they started using a, an exit route um, out over Georgia Pond. Uh, you know, which is the shortest route straight to the ocean and flies over the fewest houses, uh, of course. And the ones where people are most likely to live who get off of the helicopters in the airplane. Right. Well, and that's, you know, to Brendan's point about Meadow Lane and the people complaining about that, every single one of those people that lives next to that helipad has flown in a helicopter to their house in the Hamptons. <laughs> so, you know, that's... Yeah, that is that is what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. Hey, listen, Ron Perlman put his house on the market. We hear so maybe maybe he's seeing maybe he sees the writing on the wall with the helicopters because they go right over his house when they come up the uh, come up the pond. Maybe his property could be the site of the new East Hampton helipad. Yeah, just move the helicopter, move the airport over there, right? Yeah. Ocean front, ocean front yeah. airport. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the roots, the roots thing is, a you know, th- there's there are some opportunities there for dampening uh, the impacts on people. But, you know, there's always going to be some people, um, uh, you know, my Barry Raybeck, uh, who's a, a teacher in East Hampton and lives in those neighborhoods uh, right north of the airport. Uh, when I when I used to do a lot of catering, I worked a party at his house once. And it was on a Friday afternoon. And I, I that was sort of the most eye opening to to the din of the helicopters that never goes away on a uh, on a uh, a Friday afternoon. It's just constant. Barry's actually a teacher in the mm-hmm. Southampton School District, and he actually has a piece in this week's paper. He's one of the founders of Say No to KH 
T-O. Um, yeah. And so he actually has a column in this week's paper talking a lot about the environmental concerns about the yeah, earth. That's, that's Barry Rayback, yep. isn't it? Yeah, 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 right. He, 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 right, sorry, he, he's a teacher in Southampton now. He used to be a teacher in East Hampton. Do you want to talk about the pilot's pledge, Mike? Um, yeah, so the so one of the things that they're trying this year is the uh, the pilots pledge this this group, the East Hampton Community Alliance, which is a new organization uh, made up of pilots, mostly private plane owners who keep their planes at East Hampton Airport, hobbyists as some would call them. Um, and they uh, they've formed this group uh, that that really was formed because they're of the belief that that most people in East Hampton town do not want to see the airport closed and don't realize that the town is considering closing the airport. All the stories that have been in the paper and all the talk that has been uh, swirled around it for the last several years, they think that most people just sort of aren't aware of it still. And that if they were, there would be a lot more political weight behind don't close the airport. And so what they've also been working on is trying to uh, you know, dampen the impacts of the airport. And one of the things has been this pilot's pledge, which basically is uh, is grasping on a lot of the voluntary measures that are already in place. But what they're trying to do is put some teeth behind saying, you need to follow these rules or the airport's going to be closed. Um, you know, the, the scud running, as they call it, these very low approaches uh, over residential neighborhoods, um, sticking to the curfews, um, you know, following the routes, not letting your engines run when you're sitting on the tarmac, that sort of thing. All of which, you know, is already something that pilots are being asked to do and are technically part of the quote unquote rules at the airport, but it's all voluntary. None, none of it, none of it is actually enforceable. Um, and what they're trying to do is, you know, come up with like a peer pressure system, basically, that uh, that uh, convinces pilots to to you know be more neighborly fly neighborly is the is the uh, the, the phrase that's used um, by the eastern region helicopter council and some other pilots groups and, um, you know that they know that they cause problems and they know that you know that if, if they don't do something about it eventually it's going to cause them problems and so they try to they try to do it but uh, you know the, all of these all of these uh, groups are are just a collection of individuals and you know people go uh, you know they follow their own rules a lot of the time and um, you know don't always don't always prioritize you know being the nicest neighbor as all of us who have neighbors know. <laughs> Would you say that there's a, a tent like tension or tensions between the small airplane pilots who live in live out here in this area and those charter um, helicopter services like blade like is there is there any kind of a, a tension between those two groups you know it's funny you would think there was and this is something that that uh, that I've brought up to um, uh, the the various private pilot members of these aviation groups uh, and and there there isn't I mean thus far the the small private pilot groups um, like the East Hampton Aviation Association and the East Hampton Community Alliance have have basically, stood up for aviation in general and they haven't said you know they haven't taken the side of yeah get rid of the charter helicopters uh and largely that's i think because they see it as a slippery slope uh and they think that you know if you if you give in 
uh, out of the gate and and start banning planes soon it'll be you know banning helicopters soon it'll be the small planes and and uh you know there won't be any stopping it and you know it's very similar to the gun control debate yeah i was gonna say it sounds like the nra play <laughs> it's well it's very much like the gun control debate and you know that a lot of hunters um you know don't want to hear about assault rifles being banned because they think that shotguns will be next and um you know it, it, there's there's some reason for them to to have that belief certainly um you know slippery slopes do happen and uh that that seems to be the the main reason that that aviation groups have, have stood up for that also a lot of them are you know they're pilots and they think planes are cool and they don't think that aviation really is a problem and you know you bought a house next to an airport what did you expect kind of thing and well, that, but the problem is now it's like you don't have to be anywhere near the airport to be bothered by, especially the helicopters. I think that's I think that's the thing. It's like if it, you know, once it started affecting, you know, people much further afield, that's when it really became a, an issue. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's affecting more and more people. You know, the aviation groups are quick to point out that that the complaints do only come from a small number of houses because the routes are fairly narrow and, you know, they do. They do fly over, uh, you know, mostly over unpopulated areas. So there's little, uh, you know, alleys that they that they of uh, neighborhoods that they fly over, and that's and that's where you hear the complaints from. And um, you know, there's 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 some push and shove there. There's a lot of a lot of people who've given up on complaining, and you know, it, it, you know, we're we're a representative society. Does does the fact that it's not a huge number of people make it, uh, you know, any less less wrong that those people have to suffer because of uh, the sort of the luxury of somebody else. So. Maybe we could buy up all those those properties with CPF money. We seem to have a lot of it lately. Just make it easier, make it easier on everybody. <clears throat> yeah, right. Well, th those people say it would no. just be easier to buy the airport. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. All right. All right. So I think our work is done here. I'm glad we solved that issue. I mean, it's only taken, you know, three decades. <laughs> <laughs>